Hello and welcome to Talking Tent, a podcast about movies, TV, and all the content we can possibly consume. I'm Zach. And I'm Irma. We are a married couple whose love of movies and TV cannot be contained, so we've decided to share our thoughts, opinions, cheers, and occasional cheers with the world. This week we will be discussing the second episode of Succession, the second episode of Yellow Jackets. We saw air early, so we're going to give just our very minor thoughts on it. No spoilers at all. And then we, I decided that Tetris that came out on Apple Plus looked kind of similar. A bit kind of a business movie about getting something pretty monumental done. And so we watched it and we'll briefly talk about that as well. But first, we will start the episode like we almost always do with some hot goss industry talk. What do you want to start with? Should we talk about how we watched WrestleMania? WrestleMania is <laughs> running wild. Uh, it's become a bit of a tradition to go to one of our friends' houses and watch WrestleMania every year. It's always a delight. We eat ourselves silly. We giggle. We have a good time. This year, we watched it again. It was in LA in SoFi Stadium. And my first takeaway, no more pageantry outside on the West Coast. If we're going to be broadcasting something for the entire country, put it on the East Coast because these entrances, it was light out. Half of it was so lame because- well, what time was it there? 4 p.m. it started? 5, 5 p.m. So for the first like two and a half hours, it was light out. Yeah. It was like, you know, the lights were supposed to go down. They had a, they had a match with a demon and <laughs> they couldn't even make it black when he came, in, came into the ring. You know, by the end, basically the the last two matches each night kind of had the full darkness. But man, come on. I guess we can't stay up that late. And they wanted it in L.A., which was cool. But the pageantry, you put it inside. I don't care. Yeah. No, it was definitely fun. I feel like I had more fun the first night. I got more into it. The second night, it got a little like too like smacky. I don't know. How to got explain more violent. It. Yeah, definitely more violent. And I didn't like that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is supposed to be fun and people aren't supposed to get hurt. And then like we saw a guy like blow out his knee and then they were talking about another guy who died. And I'm just like, Christ, this is not what I come to this for. I don't know. Yeah. Finn Balor busted his whole head open. They had they stapled his head shut. Yeah. While the edge was distracting the crowd. It was the best. Also, obviously, this is coming from Irma, who she's been watching wrestling for about four years now since we started this oh, tradition. that's a stretch. Yeah. I mean, I've well, watched one it night a one week, night, one night a year. A year. Uh, and then I was telling her about ECW and like the real hardcore days of WWE with Mankind and Stone Cold. I was like, this is a family affair now. It used to be bloody. Yeah. And it was great. So the, the, the slaps were nothing. And yeah. uh, this was actually, so it was the day before. The, the news was swirling about the sale. And this is, this is tent. Tent, big sale. The WWE, it's basically official unless something horrible happens, which who knows with, with the McMahons, that they are selling to Endeavor, the same company that recently bought the UFC, uh, which I guess is a good a match made in heaven. You know, live live sports entertainment, ones, you know, whatever. And I'm surprised it didn't go to like Netflix or a streamer because I can feel like this could be a draw. I mean, they have stuff on like every night, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I don't, I actually don't think it's kind of funny. It reminded me of succession, but I don't think the money is really in the streaming. 
Like the money is in mm. the events, the money yeah. is in the merchandising, the licensing. That's true, because they, they kept saying how many people were there. It was like, what, 80 million a night, which yeah. is crazy. So, I, I mean, in theory, Netflix probably could or have 80, taken 80,000, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I don't think the paper, like Peacock, that part of it, now that that's all streaming and cheaper, it's actually not where the money's coming from. So yeah. I think they're buying it for, for everything else. I guess you're probably right. But it was funny. I was noticing because the, cause the, the news of the sale. And then as we were watching, literally every single fan favorite was winning. Every single one. And I was like, they just don't want to make anybody mad. They don't want to end the night, people being disappointed. So until the very end, <laughs> crowd, great story writing. It was so obvious Cody Rhodes was coming back and he was going to win. And the one thing they left, the last thing they Ooh, left the crowd with. He should play Ken. <laughs> no, he's older. He's yeah. shittier and older. Um, Roman Reigns, who I think is just a great, horrible champion. I was happy that he won. He held it. The one thing Ooh, that they yeah, kept so consistent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, a, he's a presence. You can't deny it. No, I definitely find it very entertaining. I mean, I, the storylines are so cheesy and they're so good at the same time. No, it was fun. It the was Sami Zayn one was good. That one had a script. That was the first night. The Sami, Sami Zayn, Zayn and Kevin Owens and the, and the Uso brothers. Yeah, the, it was like, you, you're my brother. And then they Oh, won. right, that one. And I also liked um, the master, the um, Mysterio. Oh, yeah, Ray against his son. Yeah, Great story, that was right? a Great really story, good story. Right? And emotional because yeah. he had just been inducted to the Hall of Fame. That was good. And the women, the women are great. Oh, the women are great. The women yeah. are the prime time now. Best night of, best fight of the first mat, first night. It was definitely Rhea and Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And then the, sec the second night, the boys kind of shined, but that's all right. Well, the second night got a bit too brutal. So yeah, brutal. Okay. Big boys slapping each other meat. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our favorite topic, even though I'm getting a little sick of it right now, is the Oscars. Um, they're requiring movies to be released in 15 to 20 markets to be eligible for Best Picture. So for like Netflix, let's say like they would release like Marriage Story, let's say like in New York, L.A., and then it would qualify to be nominated for an Oscar. Now you have to release it like in a lot more places, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, they're trying to give a big push to movie theaters. Mm -hmm. um, push back to movie theaters. Which I kind of like. I mean, I enjoy going to a movie. I mean, I know it's not convenient for everyone and it can um, be pretty expensive, but I mean, you could always wait to see it at home. That is true. I do feel like the line has been drawn in the sand, though. I think now that it's back, movie theaters, there's a very obvious difference between the movies that they do put out in theaters and the ones that they don't. Like, yeah, I, I can't picture a really good movie coming straight to streaming. Well, like so they're even going to put Scorsese's movie in theater for sure. Yeah, and that's of like a straight up Netflix movie, which they would have never. They, I mean, they did. Well, I think a Martin bit, like required it. He was like, I'll make this movie with you, Netflix, but I, it needs to go to theaters. Like, he's the type of person, from what I've heard, needs to have his movies in theaters. Yeah. And this dichotomy will be, we'll be discussing directly when we talk about Air and yes, Tetris. Yes, I was going to say that. Because Air was not supposed to come out in theaters, but it was just too damn good. And then we got some trailers. I know I'm not a big trailer boy, but the news, you couldn't really escape the Barbie trailer. It was 
all over my Instagram feed. It was nonstop today. People are excited. It looks, this is the type of trailer I like though, because it really showed you nothing. It showed you the vibe, a few jokes, hopefully not the best jokes, but I'm, I'm almost convinced they are. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but the vibe, the look and a basic idea, but like nothing really about plot. And I'm in like, that's all the marketing I need. It's star studded. There are so many people in this movie. Yeah, it looks crazy. It looks fun. I can't imagine what it's actually about, but I'm excited to see it. they, They kind of hint at it. They show one thing where she's driving to the quote unquote real world on a billboard. So I wonder if it's like a Roger Rabbit situation. I mean, it has to get existential, right? Where they realize what's happening. Ooh, Roger Rabbit. That's a good comp, actually. I guess we'll see. Yeah, but I don't know. Obviously, we're going to see it. We've already talked about how excited we are. This trailer didn't change that at all. Yeah. Seems good. No, it seems great. Again, and then another one, the big next Marvel thing. I think at this point, no, because Guardians people are very excited for. But I feel like Secret Invasion might be the most anticipated Marvel thing. And this is a TV show, right? Yeah. But it, it looks it looks like the Andor for Marvel. And at the perfect time, as we were talking about how all the Star Wars stuff was getting really bad, and then Andor kind of saved it, the same exact thing is happening in Marvel. There's so much news about the, the fall. It's falling apart. And this looks good. Good and grounded. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I'm excited. It's like an espionage story trying to uncover... Um, the Cree, I think the alien race is. And so anyone can be a Cree because they're like shapeshifters. And so I think in this show, it's going to be revealed so that a lot of our favorite superheroes um, and just characters are have actually been Cree the whole time. And so I'm kind of excited. Oh I think it'll be God. interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I bet it's not going to be any of our favorites. Maybe one or two of the new people. You don't think so? I nah. think it could be. I don't know. I think it has to be at least one. Nebula. What if it's... But she's already an alien. Yeah. What if it's... Uh, Captain, Thor. Captain America. Captain America's done. Exactly. So might as well make him Kree. No, that'd be crazy. Uh, and then the, the last one that came out today or yesterday also was the second trailer for Across the Spider-Verse. And as opposed to Barbie, these are the trailers that I hate. Literally showed us the whole movie. And, well, A, the art looks so... Cool. Yeah, it's it looks such amazing. a good looking thing. And obviously, I'm still excited for it. But they showed us exactly what happens and exactly what it's about. So I don't know. If you if you really care about that, I wouldn't watch this one. Barbie and Secret Invasion are more teasery. Show me the vibe, show a few cool lines. This one just like is three minutes of the plot. Yeah. Well, I thought it looked amazing, so I'm excited. Yeah, except for the one character that I didn't know. So a few new characters. All right, let's slip on our comfies and hop on the couch because it's party time with the Roys. Once again, TV time, succession, as we said, is back, back to its old ways. Episode two opens up with the children in a different house. I think I'm hoping that every episode would be a really funny bit if it was just the three of them in a different house that we didn't understand for nine episodes. I hope I hope they keep that up because that would be quite funny. But uh, they're talking; they're already bored by their own product, which I thought was very funny. They but bought, they don't own it yet. Yeah, they were watching the news and they were like, "Oh, this sucks." 
which is exactly what I was saying last week, that it's just it's just stupid. Well, no. Did you hear Kendall's pitches? He's got some great <laughs> yeah, ideas. And, Ken, and then Kendall, Kendall once Africa again. Africa all the time. Yeah. Well, like, a, yeah, there's. Live stream. Constant different, different global news of sub-Saharan news that everyone would watch. And then Roman calls him out. Like, no, you wouldn't watch that. Yeah. Homework at the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just becoming obvious, I guess, that they're just stupid. Everybody is kind of stupid. They're just buying things to buy things or doing deals to do deals. It's kind of what I said last week also. Uh, the, the, one of the compelling things I thought was uh, Tom and Shiv, which I guess got Shiv mad and then started really changing her whole attitude. So Tom had gotten advice, I guess, on their divorce. So Logan kind of interfered in their divorce and blocked out all the good divorce lawyers. So now... We assume Shiv's going to kind of get, take it to the woodshed if they ever get to it. Well, I mean, I agree with her. It's so fucked up that her it dad would advise Tom to do this to, his, to her, his own daughter. Um, so, I mean, I get it. But yeah, it's definitely tough. It's tough to watch, like, just see her be so emotional and then, like, lash out because of that, you know? And, like, honestly, like, at the end of last episode... I just kind of think she wanted Tom to fight for her a little bit and not just like cower when she said, like, I think it's, she's kind of similar to Logan in that way. Like Logan is awful to people, but they always come running back because they need him. And I feel like she wanted Tom to do that. You know, she's treated him like shit for these past three seasons and she wanted him to still want her to still need her, but he chose Logan over her and it's just, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so then she starts tanking stuff. Like we discussed last week, they're just making bad decisions. and We she, don't know if it's a bad decision. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm inclined to think that it's a very bad decision, and Skarsgård's going to be getting getting one over on them. Well, why would he call stupid. them in the middle of the it's night? Because he got scared. No, it's a play. He Did you knows- see how awful he looked? At first I thought, yeah. like, oh, my God, is... Uh, is this Kendall's drug dealer? I was so confused. Yeah, it's a play. He knows he can get under their skin. He knows he can manipulate them to start infighting because he he knew that they were kind of agreeing on the deal. Like it was about to happen. So it's like, let's get a little. Let's get so a you're little saying he there. wanted to fall through. He wants it to fall through. Then he's going to come back at a lower number. And they're going to they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was bad. And Logan's be like, you, you stupid people. God, you're dopes. Yeah, we'll see. That's what I think. That's what I think is going to happen. Roman has been right this whole time. Let's just get it done. When he's like, yeah, we'll sell and be billionaires and do whatever the fuck we want. Like, these people are crazy. Their only, their only motivation is to screw each other. And, uh, I mean, I know that's what the show is about. But I have the same criticism as last week. We've done all this already. Even the love speech. We did the exact same thing. And he even ended with, like, I love you but you're not real people. I'm pretty sure that is just a rewrite of a, a exactly the same line that he said before. It was still biting. It still made me like nauseous when they were sitting in the room and it was like, is Logan actually care or is this all just fake? And then Shiv and Kendall won't give an inch and then Roman's giving too much. Roman's always giving too much and Connor is just in the middle. So it's still really compelling, but it's still exactly what we've seen for three, four years now. 
Well, I think that's why they're ending it, yeah. because there's really nowhere else for the story to go. I think it is still just picking up steam. I mean, that's what this show has always been. Yeah. So I don't know why you're not liking it, but... No, I like it. I it's... just like being in this world with these people. Like, they're awful, and I just love... I don't know. I just I just find them so ridiculous, and, like, I just love seeing them, like, implode. <laughs> I yeah. know, that's awful. And then Tom and... um. Cousin Greg. Yeah, Cousin Greg. They're the best parts of the show. Like, talking about Logan when he was at ATN on the floor. Like, he's Jaws if Jaws was the main character. I don't know what he said. <laughs> Instead of Jaws if everybody worked for Jaws. Right. Oh, my God. call him terrifyingly moseying. Oh, my which God. Which is such it's a so funny good. line. Yeah, Tom, because Tom and Greg have changed. Right? So I think that's why they're kind of a little bit more compelling. What do you mean they've changed? Like they've grown, their characters have changed, they've developed, they've become more powerful, they've advanced. Like the the four Roys are exactly the same, doing the exact, like Roman is, they ended the show having Roman go back to what he was in season one, which I guess is fine because those are just like, that's who they are. I think so not Shiv everybody has, changed has to change. a lot. She wasn't even a part of the company in the first season. Yeah. Logan brought her in saying, hey, you're a really big asset and then fucked her over. And now she's pissed. So I think she's gone through a huge change. She wasn't like this. Wow, you're a Shiv fan. I just feel Shiv's like. the worst. Yeah. She's evil. What do you mean she's, she's evil? She's evil. She is. The, she's heinous. Why? She's easily the most evil one. How? Because she makes you think that she's not. And she plays it so smug and smart. And she just wants to rip everybody's head off. Maybe because she's mad now and that's fine. Yeah, she was just vicious. She's vicious. They all are. Yeah, but it feels different. Kendall's just kind of dumb. Roman is eh, weird and innocent. Like Shiv is the most. Roman is not innocent. Well, whatever. He's just. Shiv is the most capable. But awful. I think she's the most like Logan, even though all the. Everything talks about how Roman is just because they're setting up maybe the transfer. I don't think Roman is like Logan at all. I feel like Roman is the one who's so like emotional, like not emotional, but like he just like understands people. And that's probably to his benefit because I don't really think Logan does. I don't think Logan uh, cares about anyone. Roman does. And maybe that'll yeah. come with time while he'll stop caring, you know, but like I feel like Roman hates conflict as soon as like, let's say a deal is being made and like a person is like pushing back, he'll just give up, you know, when like he also should be pushing back. So I don't know. I mean, yes, I think Shiv is probably the most like but uh, Logan. And I don't think that's a good thing. I don't. But no, I'm just saying. Logan's like, the worst. Yeah. He's horrible. He's the villain. But one line I did love, though, when Shiv called Logan out because the writing is so good. I know I say this every time. And when they're in the karaoke room and Logan is laying out his kind of apology and why the kids are wrong. I mean, I can't help. I don't know how the rest of the audience feels, but I feel like they've built this character that I just believe him. Like I believe, I don't know if I believe him about the love stuff. I think that's kind of the play, but when it comes to the business, I'm like, oh, yeah, Logan is the one that's right. He's the one that has built all of this. And then Shiv calls him out being like, you just make everybody think you're right until you're right, which is just such a good play on that. I'm thinking, like, what is happening? Because I actually felt the 
exact opposite when he was giving that fiery speech at the on the ATN floor. And I was like, he's not saying anything. And this goes back to last week when I was talking about network news. Like they're fighting for this network news, which is which is dying. And he's like screaming about them being bulls and ripping everyone's eyes out. And it just feels like they're it's just nothing. It's like all bluster. And what are they even saying? And it's all gonna fall apart. Succession is always built. And actually, we were talking to my parents about starting it. And I remember that even when we started it, people had to give the caveat, like give it a few episodes to to take take over you. And then it absolutely delivers. So I'm getting a little nitpicky just with what's been happening episodes one and two, but they're definitely building towards this Gojo sale and they're building towards either the implosion of it or something pretty big. So assuming next episode is going to get pretty spicy and that'll be exciting. Get them all in the same room, get Skarsgård. I love Skarsgård's energy in the show because it's so different. Like there is just no fire. He's just calm, which is great. There is no character that's just calm and like manipulative. It's great. Yeah. I think next episode is going to be chaotic because it's also Connor's wedding, which seems crazy that a board meeting was scheduled for the same day as his wedding. Like, yeah, they so don't care up. about him. It's so but every up. But all the big stuff always happens at the weddings. Yeah, yeah. But it's just crazy. Like, they were scheduled on the same day. Yeah. Like, you could have said, we do this the day after or something. Yeah, they showed them in the trailer with Roman there. So, you know, when you're that rich, you can just do two things on the same day. I don't know. Fly helicopters. Okay, that's move on to Showtime's big show, Yellow Jackets, episode two as well. My my first takeaway is we should stop watching this show on Sunday after Succession because they're so different, and I just need to. Well, it comes out on Friday. I know, so we just should. We were busy, but we should try and watch it a little earlier. But I guess that's not always going to happen. Uh, but it's just such a, di- it's not a Sunday night prestige show. There's just so much more going on and it's, it's way more over the top. But I thought this episode was, was pretty good. Some things are a bit on the nose, but we're moving into, we're moving back towards what's spooky and what's not, what's real and what's not. And, and I had a good time. There were some real scares. Yeah, I thought it was really scary. I don't know. I feel like this episode was a bit all over the place. Yeah. I feel like there's too many characters to like keep up with and two storylines. And I don't know. It was just a lot going on. Um, I definitely liked it. I liked that it was getting like scarier. I like that they're showing more supernatural. I want it to get more supernatural. Um, I know you said you didn't want that, but I don't know. I like that aspect of it. I feel like it makes it feel different. No, I didn't say I didn't want it. I said I did want it. It just felt like they had closed the door on it because of how real the adult storyline was. But then they opened the door right back up, which I said could potentially happen. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing when we were watching it. I was like, man, there is a lot going on. And that's when it clicked. I was like, this is just not, it's not the same kind of show. It's a, it's a Tuesday night. It's, you said it last week and I kind of said, no, not really, but it is very similar to Lost. Yeah. I think it's very similar and, to Lost. And I've heard um, comparisons to Twin Peaks, which we didn't watch or yeah. I didn't watch. And I kind of want to right now because I feel like 
these showrunners have been inspired by Twin Peaks a lot. So I kind of wish like I had more of a background in that. The episode opens with Shauna still talking to Jackie. Pretty creepy. It gets creepier and creepier. She's putting makeup on her. She's doing her hair. She's trying to cover up the ear that she ate. And uh, Jackie's kind of calling her out on her shit, which is funny because it's just Shauna talking to herself. So her inner monologue, really. And then they also show some of the other girls. Like, tensions are mounting because food is running out. And I actually wish they established it a little bit more. I think they did the same thing in the first season with the mushroom trip, where they kind of hinted at the potential for brutality. And in this case, the potential for starvation. And then when the big thing happened, so in season one, the mushroom trip, where they all just go nuts on the on the kid, right? And then in this one, what we'll get to, it felt earned, but not quite. I feel like the show is like right there, but some things they have these ideas and they don't quite hit them hard enough building to it. Because in, so season one, when they took the mushrooms and things immediately got out of hand, I remember thinking, I wish they kind of made them, made the whole situation feel more desperate. Like a lot of the time they feel pretty all right in the woods. Like we know things are not great. They're stuck in the woods, but a lot of what they show is kind of everybody basically getting along. You know, there's some romance happening between a few of the characters. Sean is getting a little crazy. Um, the Christina Ricci's younger character. I forget her real name is Misty. Misty is a little wacky, but like things are all right. And then they took the mushrooms in season one and all hell broke loose. And I understand like it was sparked by a drug trip, but it just felt a little abrupt. And then the same thing happened at the end of this episode, which was a great scene when the, what was, what Irma was um, referring to is there's, there was a little bit more of the presence came back this episode where they or showed it could like, have been just the wind. Sure, exactly. <laughs> but they definitely showed a lot of stuff. Taisa sees someone in the woods and then we're reminded that those symbols are not from Lottie. They were there, which I kind of forgot, I guess, when I was when I poo-pooed you about the others. But there was obviously someone else there and it was their cabin, right? Yeah. So wherever they are, maybe they never come back and it's all just, you know, delusions. And it just was someone that put spooky carvings in the woods. Uh, or there's some sort of presence and it turned Jackie's body into a delicious slow cooker. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And and again, crispy, crispy skin. Oh, it looked good. And, and like the, the scene itself totally delivered. And when they were just gnawing on her body, it was well, going creepy. back and forth to like a like a Grecian feast almost. Yeah. Reminded me of Hook. Well, we talked about in episode one when Hook, when they when they fake them, the feast. Also, another thing for like other people is that was it Lottie keeps saying that Avi is still alive. Yeah, she can feel. Yeah, so he could be with other people. True, he could be being taken care of because otherwise, like, how would he be alive? Yeah, they're plumping him up. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so they'll cook him too. But yeah, I just feel like I wish they definitely hinted at it. Like when Jackie was talking to Shauna, they said that the meat was running low. 
and they were rationing when Shauna was still outside and they were cooking whatever they were cooking in that pot. And they were like, no one's eating Shauna's share. We're, we're sharing. But like, I wish it got a little bit more drastic in their desperation to then absolutely annihilate their friend's cooked body. You know, yeah. like it really took a step forward very quickly. We knew it was going to happen. And it like the actual execution of that, that moment was totally effective. But just a few steps before that, I wish it felt a little more earned. Because like, yeah, they were yelling at Shauna. Like a little more desperate. Yeah, exactly. Like they were yelling at Shauna. But overall, everything seems pretty nice in the, in the woods. They're, you know, Nat and uh, what's his name are out on this beautiful trail. Travis. Yeah, Travis. It looked amazing. Um, well, he's looking for his brother. Right. Or end food. Yes. I don't think him as much. But, but it yeah. just looked beautiful. I feel like they just need to make it feel worse. But now, so now that they've done this and they've, they've eaten Jackie's body, great closing scene. Uh, the teacher, Irma said, coach. he's next. Yeah, the coach. He, was, yeah, he knew it too. That's why he ran back inside. He was not thrilled with that feeding frenzy, which I can totally understand. Uh, so maybe maybe this will be it. This is when it really goes off the wall for the. There's really no going back from eating your friend, right? Yeah, like you you've crossed. I know. A line. I'm so curious to see, like in the morning, what they say or what they talk about. Like, yeah, better not be just like Jolly Van and Taisa just talking, and it, it better get brutal. It, it would be brutal if you realize that you just stooped to that level. That's like crazy. That's yeah. that's as low as it goes. You know, there's history lessons like the Dahmer party. There's plenty of other people that have been stranded out in the woods and you don't know their names because they didn't all eat each other. We know the Dahmer party and all these other things because it came to that. Oh my God. It's like historically horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awful. Yeah. And then a few other revelations. We learned that Lottie was with Travis. Oh, on right. The night that he Oh, that died. was so scary. Yeah. And this was another point where this was the scariest part when they showed the girl that flew the plane. Uh, and died. Laura Lee. Yeah, she comes like out of the dark, like walking like creepily. And then like her face starts like decomposing. Yeah, it's really scary. I don't know. I don't really believe what Lottie is telling yeah, Nat there. Not. I feel like somehow maybe she tricked Travis into like killing himself. Because in one shot, we see him like two feet off the ground. And then the next shot, he's like 20 feet off the ground. And I just think that was probably Lottie. Like, I think she sacrificed Travis for another thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe she could be telling the truth, but. No, I think you're right. I think I think what she explained was right, except the opposite. So she was explaining that Travis wanted to communicate with the presence that's I'm going to keep calling it the presence because yeah. I don't know what else to say. But like because he was haunted by it and he needed to get close to death to speak to it or to communicate with it somehow. But I'm thinking that was just Lottie convincing him about that, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, somehow, I mean, she she's good at influencing him. And then they hinted at it even more when they were showing him as a kid with having relations with nat and she was and he was seeing lottie yeah that was so weird so it's kind of like he he's got a bit of a romance for for her as well so he's but he, it wasn't like sexual like yeah. it was more of like it's like an angel mother yeah kind of weird it was very weird but also, i don't understand that but also potentially a hint towards someone you would you would worship worship and almost kill yourself or actually kill yourself for yeah so yeah that that will unravel that 
is a, is an interesting one when Nat finally figures out what's going on. And then another thing I'm very much looking forward to is when Elijah Wood and Christina Ricci actually come together and just let their freak flags fly. And both of them are just crazy people. Because Elijah, after Lord of the Rings, has basically just been doing horror. He's basically just been doing wacky characters. He's played serial killers. He's played all this crazy stuff. And he's really, he's like, listen, I have all the money I need from Lord of the Rings. I'm just going to do wacky stuff. And it's great. And the both of them together, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I love Elijah Wood. He's so weird. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, a lot of illusions this episode. Shauna talking to Jackie, Taisa seeing Sam, her son, uh, Lottie sees Laura Lee when she dies in the plane, um, when she's, quote unquote, killing Travis. And then, like we were just saying, how Travis sees, Travis sees Lottie when he's um, having sex with Nat. So I don't know. I don't know what all of that says, but just something I wanted to point out. Um, the Taisa seeing Sam... Um, we didn't really talk about that, but that yeah. is so weird. And like the way she essentially kills her wife. I mean, we don't know if she's dead, but maybe like this presence like kind of tricks mm-hmm. Taisa and then like she just kind of drives into traffic and it looked like it hit um I don't know her wife's name, but her wife's side of the car. Yeah. And they showed um, her right before kind of staring like she knew what yeah, she like was smirking. doing. Or yeah. somebody knew what they were doing. Exactly. If it wasn't her. Yeah. That this this episode, last episode, I talked about how the adults storyline felt a little too grounded. But this one they definitely reopened the serious possibility that there is something evil that has followed them, which I'm all for. So something evil finds them in the woods. And then it follows them like a classic horror movie. 25 years later, it's yeah, back. Yeah, 25 years. And, and it's taking over. Yeah, like Taisa seeing her son is a, is a big step yeah. towards like, whoa, this. I know they kind of did the sleep deprivation thing. So what's, what's really cool about the show is they always give you a potential out. Like Lottie is schizophrenic. We know that. Or she was being medicated for being schizophrenic. So everything she says could be explained away with that. Taisa has been struggling her whole life with delusions. We and, don't know if it's her whole life. Well, as a child, she was. And Wait, then she Taisa? stopped. Yeah, Taisa. Okay. She was eating dirt. That's and she because she's away. sleepwalking. Right. But I think that only happened in the wilderness. Yeah, maybe. Well, now, and now it's back. And. Well, Shauna essentially kills Jackie. Then in, the, in her older timeline, she kills Adam. I don't know, the whole Shauna line our storyline. I don't love as much the adult Shauna storyline. I don't know. I just feel like she's like being really dumb. Yeah. And I feel like in when her younger self, I don't think she would make these type of mistakes. So I'm a little confused where they're taking her. Yeah. Shauna's storyline, although kind of the de facto main character, if you had to pick one, Hmm. is definitely the worst storyline. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't really understand what the point of her storyline is and like even like showing her daughter so much like I don't really care about her I don't know yeah the daughter thing is interesting because they're showing the maybe a coming of age portion in a normal life as opposed to all the other coming of ages when they're stranded and dying in the in the woods but I also just think I'm thinking that since they introduced the police which they hadn't really done at all like they're kind of on to her 
And they that, showed it in the first season. Yeah, but now it's like they're investigating Shauna. There's mm-hmm. a guy, there's an undercover cop investigating her. And so maybe that's going to end up revealing a lot about what happened. And the adults are going to have to reckon with it because of Shauna. Like they had to blow it up somehow. So maybe that the Shauna storyline feels kind of forced, but maybe it kind of has to be because something has to expose what happened in the woods. All right. And then finally for the week, we went to the movies, an early screening of Air, the new Ben Affleck and Matt Damon film about when Nike got Jordan. And it was really good. Yeah, I feel like if you don't know what already happens, like, I mean, there's nothing to spoil. Like, this is history. Yeah, but we don't have to go through, like, the plot. No, of course not, but. But, yeah, I mean, if you don't know that the Jordan brand is part of Nike and it's the biggest thing, one of the biggest things in the world, like, yeah, sure, we go in knowing that he sides with Nike. Spoiler alert, I guess. But, yeah, it was what what struck both of us, I think, from nearly the first moment is it is way funnier than we expected it to be. Yeah, I would say the first like five minutes, it is like nonstop jokes. Yeah, I thought this was so good, so entertaining. And it's essentially about what you do, Zach, in your oh, everyday no, life. It's not marketing. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, is. It's, it a, it's a marketing movie. It was. It, I mean, it's a classic. Nothing crazy happens. It's a, just your classic business. Good business boys do good business, but they they do a good job just laying out the stakes. Uh, it's kind of classic. It's a classic one. It reminded me a bit of Moneyball, but funnier. A little bit about uh, a little bit like Social Network, but way less dark. Obviously, Social Network is kind of an indictment on all of them, and this is kind of a just a celebration. And Ben Affleck, even we were watching an interview with him, and he he introduced it more as a fanciful retelling of a story because apparently he watched it with Phil Knight, the owner and creator of Nike. And he was like, you got a few things wrong, Ben, but you can kind of tell that not all of it is, is exactly how it is. But I think it does a really good job celebrating the brand, the person, the sneaker. We also saw it in uh, an advanced screening. So it was people that really wanted to see it. And you could tell I was just like looking at everybody's sneakers as there was, as people were walking in. Half the audience was wearing Jordan 1s. There was a lot of hooting and hollering when including they including you, including me. Then when they would say the name, when they came up with the name, when uh, when they show things, when they show some of the characters, like there was yeah. just a lot of acknowledgement of this pretty incredible thing that they did. If you really think about it, they were selling a sneaker, and now thirty-seven years later, I think they or they just released the Jordan thirty-eight. It's like it's still a thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone was great. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Viola Davis is in this. Um, she plays Jordan's mom. Yeah, Viola once again doing great. just a very subtle. I mean, I know it sounds stupid that I'm finally coming around to Viola Davis, but she's just doing more subtle things now. She's not going nuts. She was so powerful and awesome in this movie. Yeah. She obviously gives a lot of the heart. She kind of carries the heart and the, and the soul of the Jordan family uh, and very effectively. And also apparently from more interviews we watched is um, once Michael Jordan himself demanded that Viola Davis be her, his mother to play his mom. Yeah. They basically had to rewrite the whole script because apparently Jordan's mother didn't have that many lines. She was like kind of in it, but only a few things. 
And then they had to give her enough weight for a Viola Davis. And man, it delivers. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Chris Messina also cannot be. <laughs> yeah. He was so funny. So between Chris Tucker and Chris Messina, a lot of jokes. He, there's, there's one scene where Chris Messina is obviously just riffing and they left so much of it in and it, it had me cackling. It was great. And then obviously Matt Damon always, he, he's, he's just always so good. So good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Ben Affleck. I mean, can't go wrong. Yeah. They're, they're back baby fully. They're just back as like that. We're going to make movies that we want to make together. And they started a company together and top of the world. Everything's working out for Ben. Yeah. Highly recommend. Good time at the movies. And then today we watched Tetris because it felt kind of similar. And I, I don't think it was a mistake that they are coming. Well, air isn't even out or it comes out this week. But they kind of are coming out at the same time. And one decided that it was so good. So Amazon made air. Amazon Studios produced, produced air. But they decided it was too good to not release and obviously, they have a lot of big stars, so it kind of makes more sense. Um, Tetris is exactly at the level of the movie that I think should go directly to streaming. It was a great midday watch it. Kind of pay, I mean, we were paying attention, but it didn't, it didn't wow me, but it didn't let me down. It was definitely better than it had, it had any right to be. Yeah, it was definitely good. I kept saying this to Zach that it was a little confusing figuring out who all the players were in the beginning. Um, and Zach kept saying, how do you not understand? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it just I, it was just like the way it was. I don't know. I didn't understand who the main character was. And I feel like they don't really do a good job of telling you who is played by Taron Edgerton, um, who's always really good in everything he's in. But um, and I did have to say I liked the video game aspect, how they like brought that into the storytelling, like they introduced like the people and they, they gave them a video game character. Um, at one point, there's a car chase and they turn that into a video game. Um, yeah, I like I liked that. I thought that was kind of cool. And I don't know. Yeah, the first half an hour is big time. It actually kind of reminded me of Succession. It was people talking about deals that we did oh, understand. Like, and oh, I still we're don't really this, think I understand this it, to licensing be for this. I kind of had a grasp a bit. It seems like at least, especially that early on in the video game world, there was just not a central understanding of where everything would be published and all the different consoles it would be on. So there was PC rights and there was console rights and there was handheld rights. And actually similar to, to, to publishing or, or publishing or movies. Like if you publish a book in the U.S., when it gets published in Spain, it's a different company that puts it out. So it's just like publishing rights have are all over the place. And it get it does get, to Irma's credit, it does get very confusing because there's four different parties. They're and, all and they were also about, lying too. Yeah, well that comes out. So that out. was just like just yeah, it was like, all right. It was <clears throat> confusing. Yeah. I don't know. But I thought it was pretty compelling. It was kind of a it was kind of um a decent version of succession, air, and some crazy spy espionage stuff because it, it involves the Russians. Yeah, and mostly takes place in Moscow. Yeah, so there's just a lot of showing of kind of how horrible Soviet Russia was. And uh, then there's just, it gets a little bit out of hand near the end, which is probably not true, but I guess they thought they had to ramp up the action, which I actually don't think they did. They, they didn't have to do that. 
Yeah. Unless I, it was real. Yeah, it might have been real, to be honest. I mean, I have no idea. But they did, like, during the credits, you know how, like, sometimes they'll show, like, the real people, like, in pictures and stuff. Like, as he also did, like, a silly home movie in a way. And he was, like, actually in a car with his interpreter, who I won't say who she actually is. And then they have a pic, a little video of him meeting the the Tetris um, game Inventor. developer. Yeah. Yeah, it's always tough with movies that say they're based on true events because, A, it makes you then question what's real and what isn't. Like, if this movie was just... Like, how many Russian spy movies have we watched that turn into a ridiculous car chase? And we're never like, that wouldn't happen because it literally wouldn't happen and we're, we know that. But when you say it's based on true events, you start to be like, well, did this happen? Makes you second guess things, which always trips me up about based on true stories. Yeah, I'm sure there wasn't a ridiculous car yeah, chase. Yeah, probably not. Though I bet he did have to go straight to the airport. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. But yeah, I think for, for a video game nerd, like like me, it's a, it's a really interesting story that I didn't really know. And similar to Air, it's kind of the launch point for changing everything about sneakers in Air and video games and the distribution of video games uh, with with Tetris. It's it's. I was telling Irma that she didn't know this, but Tetris is the highest selling video game ever by a lot. It's incredible. So it's very it's similar in weight. Boring though. Do people know? No, it's, it's not. Boring? It's so good. Do you remember when I remember when that Game Boy was out? We had one, and my dad would just sit on the chair. It was the only video game he'd ever played. Like that's what they were well, talking about. It came about. preloaded, right? With no, Tetris? it was a cartridge, but oh. like it came with it. But like that's what the guy. It, it, it's so similar between the two movies of these guys that just had a vision for this thing, and they were totally right, and it just nailed it billions of dollars because of these two dudes yeah. in these two different movies. So Air is very good. Highly recommend. Tetris is good enough. Watch it on a on a rainy day. Definitely. All right. That's all we got for this week. Next week, we will continue our week-by-week week breakdown of Succession and Yellow Jackets. Both are primed to be scorchers, both literally and figuratively. So I'm pretty excited for the fallout of of what we talked about in this episode of Succession and Yellow Jackets, especially. Uh, and then Irma really wants to see John Wick. We just haven't gotten to it. So we're going to get there. We, I hear it's really good. I know I had discussed my trepidation after three. Felt like it was kind of all over the place, but apparently they regrounded it and recentered it around a bit more compelling. Uh, and, and I mean, Keanu Reeves just kicking butt. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we'll talk about Mando and Top Chef. But until next week, thank you. Thank you to Craig for the production assistance and John Welsh for our intro and outro music. Subscribe so you know every time we post a new episode. If you're a regular listener or this is your first time and you enjoyed it, please leave a review wherever you're listening. It helps other people find the show and really helps us. So that would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on all the socials at Talk Intent without the G. And feel free to email us at talkintent at gmail.com with any thoughts, opinions, cheers, or jeers. From our living room to yours, what do you want to watch? 